Hello and welcome to Smash Hit Sports. The NFL is a beautiful, beautiful beast. We have some great games for us this weekend. We had a great week five. Looking forward to an even better week six. I have a great guest on, Dom Cinturino. He is, first off, one of the greatest people on this beautiful app we call Twitter. If you want to check him out, he is at D-O-M-C-I-N-T-O underscore 11. He is the PGA content lead at Fantasy Points. He works with Fantasy Data NFL. He's a member of the Kings Classic. And most importantly, as you can see on the screen behind him, if you were watching the video version of this podcast, which you should subscribe on YouTube, he is a massive Vikings fan. Dom, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, Cody? Thanks for the th- thanks for the nice intro there. Uh, uh, glad to be on the show and glad we could work look, this out. We got to talk about your Vikings first and foremost because they look nothing short of greats. Um, four and one, leading the division. The Packers go down to the Giants, which I know you are doubly invested in that game. How are we feeling yes. about the Vikings through five weeks? I feel like I should be feeling a little better. But I can't remember a Vikings team with a winning record like this that I haven't been too confident in. I don't know if it's the quality of teams that they're playing. I mean, they played a beat-up Saints team, uh, Bears at home, Lions at home. Philly exposed them. I mean, it was really closer than it probably should have been at the end of the day. When you look at the score and you look at some of the red zone turnovers, but... um, I think their best football is yet to come, so that's promising. They, in my opinion, can't look a whole lot worse on defense. Uh, new 3-4 system. It looks like a lot of the guys are still adjusting to that. So we'll see how they transition over the next couple weeks. At Miami, uh, another team that they're going to play pretty beat up, and we'll, we'll get to that when we get to it. But um, if they can go into the bye 5-1, and one, figure some things out, I mean – who knows? Look, you can only play the teams that are in front of you, and the Vikings, for the most part, have handled yeah. business. Their only loss is to the last remaining undefeated team in the NFL, and the Eagles. I, I mean, right. for the most part, they've looked pretty damn good. And to top it all off, you have half of your division games done and over with for the year, and you you came out three and zero. So, I exactly. like, and it's it kind of sucks having all three division games at home done and over with, and we're just in early October. But at the same time. You start 3-0 and in those games. You you let whatever happens on the road happen. Um, I don't love playing the Bears and Packers in January to end it because, I mean, it's, it, it's going to be... It's NFC North weather. That's... But, yeah. But, yeah, like you said, you got the three out of the way and can't ask for much more. Yeah, and I, they've, I, like Kevin, I think Kevin O'Connell has done a great job as a first-year head coach. Um Obviously, yeah. everybody is talking about Brian Dable, and we'll we'll talk about the London game. But I I really think Kevin O'Connell has done a very underrated job of making this offense look like it needed to look, and quite frankly, he hadn't really looked under Mike Zimmer. Like there have been some explosive right. plays. Um, Dalvin Cook finally getting involved this week um, hasn't really had gr- a great start to the season, but. Look, at the end of the day, right. the, the Vikings are putting up enough points to win. Their defense is, I think, it, yeah. coming along would be how I would describe it. I, I think you did a great job there. You know, it's it's getting there. It's improving. It's not quite there yet, but. Yeah, it's all new. I mean, just like, I mean, I don't think we've seen the most out of Daniel Hunter. Yep. First time he's played a stand-up 3-4. So, 
all of these guys are adjusting. I mean, they've been in a 4-3 as I've never seen them play in a 3-4 as long as I've been alive. So something new for me to watch as well. Yeah, and, and I, we've talked about the parlay that I put together um, as far as future bets goes earlier this season. I have a futures bet that the uh, Vikings and Bengals play each other in the Super Bowl. Um, it doesn't look like your team's going to be the problem. So I think it might, <laughs> I think it might be mine. Um, but before, it's before still we get early. to the Bengals I mean... and I just kill the mood for the entire podcast, um, <laughs> Giants Packers, Brian Dayball might be the best head coaching hire we've seen in a long time, especially for a Giants Agree. program that has had some really shitty coaching hires as of late. Agree. And he's really not working with a whole lot. I mean, they've been dealing with their own injuries. Like when they drafted Wondell Robinson in the second round, I was like, they already have like a pretty deep wide receiver room. I don't think they need that. And then you look at where they're at come week five and they got guys that you didn't even know before the season started and they're still managing. I mean, yeah, they're leaning heavily on Saquon Barkley, but why would you not? I don't see them going away from that. Daniel Jones looks fine. I mean, a, a lot of people hate on him, just like they like to hate on Cousins, and there's a lot of punching bags at quarterback, but at the same time, like, he's doing exactly what he has to do, minimizing the mistakes that he had early on in his career, and they're getting the job I done. I don't think there's any world where Daniel Jones still keeps this job next year, unless I, like, I, is there, is, is there a way that he plays his way into it? Like, if they, let's say they make the playoffs, get bounced in the first round. Do, does Daniel Jones keep his job? Right. I, w I would assume, yeah. I, I don't think they would sign Daniel Jones to a long-term contract, but at the same time, how can you not see if, like, he wants to sign a two-year deal? At, it doesn't matter what you want to pay him. I mean, I don't think you're going to franchise tag him regardless of how the rest of the season plays out. I don't think that's an option. If you're not going to pick up his fifth year, you're not going to franchise tag him. It would just be a bad look. If you want to sign him to a two-, three-year deal, fine. Um, but I, I don't know what the market would be for a guy like Daniel Jones. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and the other thing too, like the giants are in a really weird situation cap space wise with how they've allocated their cap. Yes. So, um, I don't think they have the tools to bring in a superstar quarterback. So, um, and it looks like they're not going to be in a position to draft a good one. So I, I saw a right. take on the internet that, um, I know we love takes on the internet, but it was somebody at ESPN talking about how the Giants should tank even though that they're winning games in order to get a better quarterback so that they're not in this fantasy football or fantasy football in this like yeah. NFL purgatory. <laughs> That's a why would you ever how many first round or first overall picks or good quarterbacks we've seen taken in the first round have not panned out? Why would you tank if you're winning football games? This seems so stupid for a fan base that could use some hope and some wins. I saw that video as well. I don't know if the person reporting fully understood like their record or whatever the case may be, but if Cody, if they lose out, there's still a chance yeah, they don't have the first it's, pick. It mind blowing to me. Mind blowing. And you look at their schedule, you even look at their next like four or five games. There's no way they don't come out of these two and two, two and three. Like the way that they're playing, I don't know why anybody would talk about tanking in any sense because they are what the 
well, because of the Eagles, they'd be the five seed right now yeah. heading into the playoffs. I mean, they're four and one, and they're a legit contender. The NFC is a complete toss-up, and that's what has me feeling pretty good about the Vikings' chances. Just because, like, I think nine wins walks into yeah, the season. I, and there are a lot of the what you thought maybe going into the season as the top dogs in the NFC aren't quite that. the The Buccaneers have looked. No absolutely mortal the rams have looked borderline awful actually they're too uh, i mean talk yeah. about a super bowl hangover we'll get to the Bengals, but the rams have looked awful too so i think you're you absolutely have a shot to the nfc is wide open the nfc is anybody's and it, it, it should is. be um it should be a great you know it's a good time to be a fan of an nfc team let's talk about the afc you want to talk about a shit pumping the bills obliterated the steelers is this, are we yeah. planting our flag that this is going to be the first Mike Tomlin sub 500 Steelers team? I am. I, I, I don't see how you couldn't. I mean, I'm glad they went to Kenny Pickett. I wish they did it earlier just to see what he's got, go through some growing pains. But it's like, he's not like a 20-year-old rookie no. quarterback that you can just let sit a whole year. So I think week four was too long. For us to see him, but I mean, what, he got drafted at what twenty four yeah. years old. So it's like if if you haven't figured it out now, and I know college to NFL transition is a thing of its own. But if you haven't figured it out for this whole year, I don't see why you'd want to go into it next year without knowing yeah. what he has. Um, it's good to see him. I think he's showing flashes of something that he. He can be a franchise quarterback. He can be the guy there. They have also dealt with injuries. Obviously, T.J. Watt missing time. We'll be back soon. Minka's not a hundred percent. A lot of question marks in the fantasy industry, especially on Najee Harris and where he stands exactly. But I, I'd be shocked if if they find themselves in a winning record just because that division's pretty yeah. tough. And we still have Deshaun Watson coming back, and even with Brissett, the Browns are. Staying in some a lot of these yeah that games. Steelers offensive line stinks but Kenny Pickett is a year younger yeah. than Lamar Jackson that's insane yeah. to me Lamar Jackson's playing for his second contract right now and and Kenny Pickett is a first year rookie so there's I I agree that I think the Steelers need to figure out whether or not Pickett's the guy sooner rather than later because if you were to end the season today they're picking at three so. They could be in a position. I don't. I think Mike Tomlin is a good enough coach that they will get themselves out of the top five, probably. But yeah. they could be in a position where they very legitimately could think about taking a quarterback. Um, if Pickett's, not I think the guy. so. And the one thing with the the one thing with the draft, their long tenure GM, like he was retiring, and they let him finish out this draft before hiring the new guy. Mm -hmm. I didn't like that no, whole transition. That seemed so awkward to me. Why would you put the next guy in a position where you aren't? He, yeah, his hands are tied. Like, if he takes a say, they draft in the top ten, and he takes a quarterback that slides or that he likes a lot, and the guy doesn't work out, then you're in a really weird spot. People are going to criticize you, and a lot of people won't even know that they'll say, oh, that his first year as GM is when he drafted Kenny Pickett, and that wasn't the case. So drafting a quarterback on your last draft ever just seems like a 
trying to hit big going yeah. out or I don't know I don't know what the whole intent was but I if I they didn't love were that. competing for a championship this year I think the move would have made sense because you have continuity all the way through they're not they are quite possibly in the first stages of a full rebuild like that doing yeah. that and then le- that just it's a such a weird transition I'm shocked that they did it that way um but maybe that's why they get paid to do it and we get paid to talk about it I don't know I I, exactly. I really don't exactly and I think I think they do have the right pieces in line I mean they have probably the best edge rusher in the game um like I said Minka is unreal their receiving core top to bottom pretty solid O-line I mean there's plenty of guys there at 20 that they could have yep. went with to set themselves up for further success we saw the Trubisky contract and what that was we knew they had Mason Rudolph so it's like why not get a guy to protect one of those two guys and worry about quarterback the next year? But like you said, not our, yep. not our place. A- absolutely. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk about the Rams and Cowboys because I need to, I need to talk shit about the Rams before, you know, we just absolutely decimate the, the Bengals. Um, the Rams have looked awful through three weeks. That offensive line looks bad. Allen Robinson looks Everybody, you know, we had assumed that better quarterback play in L.A., better offensive scheme, he's not under Matt Nagy anymore, that Allen Robinson would have a bounce back. And he has been virtually non-existent. Ben Skoranek has been more impactful from a fantasy standpoint than Allen Robinson has. What what does this Rams team need to do in order to be a playoff team? Because right now they're not playing like it. I've... I really don't know what's going on, and I don't know if the whole Stafford shoulder thing is more than we made it out to be. I mean, I stayed away from him completely based off of that. Um, they don't look the same, and it's like Allen Robinson is still playing more snaps than a majority of wide receivers in the NFL. So it's not like he's not getting yep. the opportunity. Like, he's on the field 90% of the time, I think, in four out of his first five games. So it's like... He looks exactly like the drop-off that we saw last year. And he was always a guy who was super young, drafted at 20, 21 years old. Um, A guy that you were like, I can't believe he's still this young. Well, he's finally aging, which everybody does. And I think maybe last year it wasn't on fields. Maybe he literally just hasn't had a receiver to throw to, and it wasn't all his fault because – Robinson's clearly not getting it done, not getting open. And there's been a lot of stuff that I've seen in terms of like a lack of effort almost. Yeah. I just, I think there's something missing from this Rams offense. I think their offensive line isn't clicking, which obviously the retirement of Andrew Whitworth, certainly, you know, you have a, a staple left tackle that's going to, you know, be a massive impact when he leaves, but the offensive line isn't clicking. They have a, essentially a non-existent run game, partially because of the offensive line, partially because Cam Akers looks like he's running with sand in his, shoes you have wide receivers that outside of cooper cup have not looked great um they've had some drops issues higby's had some drop issues like they don't look good and i i don't know i don't know what the rams have to do from here uh maybe it's bring obj back but who knows um but the other side of this game cowboys 22 points the cowboys are a one loss team four and one like Maybe Dak plays this week, although the closer we get to Sunday, the less it seems likely. Cooper Rush could potentially be in a position to have the Cowboys 
in playoff shape coming back from that Dak injury, that's the best you could ask for if you were a Cowboys fan, to be honest with you. They're in a good spot. Yeah, back when back when Dak went down, everyone wrote the Cowboys off. They oh, were like, the betting over. market for the Eagles to win that division went to like minus 250. It was insane. Yeah. Yep. Right, like right from the start. And Rush hasn't looked insane. He hasn't looked elite, but he's doing enough to win these ball games. And I think that's all he's really asked to do. I mean, he's going to – and the craziest thing is like week one they had to elevate him from their practice score. Yeah. They didn't even sign him to the initial 53, which I was shocked because he came in last year and beat the Vikings and looked exactly like he's looking this year. Like, that's no surprise. I don't know what their plan was when they moved him down and elevated him for week one, risking somebody snatching him off of it. But Yeah, I, I don't know. That was weird. But he's here now and he's playing well. I think he could play his way into a... Marcus Mariota on the Falcons type of next year, right? Because he's not under yeah. contract next season by the Cowboys. Somebody's going to pay him to either be a good backup or to be a bridge quarterback, which I hate. Bridge quarterbacks never work. It's a stupid concept. I don't understand why teams do it, but whatever. I Maybe they still want to put a decent product on the field. I would much rather see Desmond Ritter and see what he has than – what we know Marcus Mariota has, but I could absolutely, yeah. I could absolutely see Cooper exactly. Rush being that guy for a team. Like if Tom Brady retires next season and the Buccaneers feel like they are still competitive enough to compete that, you know, maybe he ends up in a spot like that. I don't know. Um, but either way, he's having a, a really good start to the year. So um, we get to see, let, let's uh, I mean, Cowboys at Eagles Sunday night football. It'll be a damn good game, a damn good game. Should be. Um, Should be. I I would like to see how they can compete, but, like, they just went into L.A., so why why would you ever doubt them? Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that game, though, when we look at next week's lines. I have one more game that I want to talk about this. Well, we'll talk about Monday Night Football, yeah. too, because I might as well. But Bengals-Ravens. Um, what the hell happened to the Bengals' offense? Because – and not even – going back to last year – they weren't great in the playoffs. They were carried by their defense to that Super Bowl. The last pass that Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, and Patrick Mahomes threw in all three of those games was an interception. They were carried by the defense into that playoffs. Joe Burrow was good, but he wasn't great. Um, turns out that offense might be good and not great. What? They are awful on first down. It's disgusting to watch. What is that? like? I don't understand how you can have – a much more creative, like you can't ask for better weapons. You can't. What do we? What does the Bengals right. offense need to do in order to right the wrongs that we've seen through five weeks? Like you said, it's all first down. It all comes down to first down. I mean, I saw it for years with the Vikings under Mike Zimmer. It's like you put yourself in a second and long situation or second and ten off the get go. I mean, you're already playing from behind. I think they have to find ways to get chase the ball in better situations. And it's not like he's not getting the targets. I mean, he's clearly involved. But you have to find different ways to get your guys involved. Um, get mixing in space. I mean, I don't think I would play P. Ryan or Evans a whole lot. Uh, they're getting a little bit more action than I would have thought. But I don't know. I mean, punting on their first three drives, it's like this offense should not be 
having any trouble scoring 20 plus points a game. Yeah. And I'm glad you brought the chase stuff up because he's getting the targets right from, and from a fantasy standpoint, you're like, okay, he's getting the targets. Like we're just not seeing the touchdowns and some of the boom plays that he had last year. Well, he's not seeing the same coverages that he saw last year, but if you are good, you can scheme your best players open. And I saw a graphic um, that was tweeted out earlier today about Justin Jefferson's route tree, which these two guys are going to be compared together their entire career. It's just how it is because they played together in college. Yeah. And both, both of these wide receivers are incredibly talented. But you see Justin Jefferson's route tree, and you see what the Vikings are asking him to do, and he is all over the field. It's, they aren't limiting Justin Jefferson to just lining up outside and trying to take the ball deep and take the top off the defense. They are getting him the ball everywhere and letting him be the incredible athlete that he is. And you look at Jamar Chase, and he almost hardly ever comes inside the hashes. There, something has to change there. It's been really frustrating to watch as a Bengals fan. I understand T. Higgins was hurt against the Ravens, and you know that doesn't help either. But it's just frustrating. I don't. Damn it! It pisses me off. I'm, I want to watch good football. They were fun <laughs> last year. I want to watch fun on offense. It's bullshit. Ugh. I uh, whatever. I know. I don't, I don't blame you at all. I mean, like you said, with Chase. The only way to mix up the coverages that he's seeing is to mix up where he's yeah, at and the field. Put him in the Zach Taylor's thought of getting creative in inside the five-yard line is to run the Philly special with a quarterback who just tore his ACL last year. What the hell are we or coming off an ACL tear last year? What the hell are we doing, man? Can yeah. we? Ugh, it's I. You know what? But we're not going to talk about about the Bengals. Let's talk about the Ravens. Ravens have looked good. Lamar's looked good. Um, I I could I think their offense visibly missed Rashad Bateman. I think Rashad Bateman has obviously had the two massive plays against Miami, but I think Bateman has solidly become a pretty good wide receiver for them. Um, and I think they yeah. missed that second level threat. I I don't know. I don't know. But um, if you had to pick a winner of that division right now, are you going with the Ravens? Are you are you sticking with that? Or yeah, I I think I'm sticking with the Ravens. I mean. Just what Lamar has been able to do. its He's tough to stop as long as he's able to stay on the field. I think they're going to be extremely tough to beat. But at the same time, like I said earlier, I mean, outside of, outside of Pittsburgh, there's three very solid teams there. If the Browns can kind of hang in there until Watson gets back, who knows where they're going to be. I mean, if they're a game or two out by that time, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to make a yep. run. Yeah, Lamar as a starter is 40-14. and 14. That seems pretty damn good. He's, yeah. He seems like... Yeah. Why... I'd take that. Why haven't the Ravens paid him? Like, that seems like the biggest no-brainer decision. It, like, maybe it's the guaranteed money that they're getting hung up on? I don't know. It it seems a little ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the, o- the only really downside is, like, these running quarterbacks and their lifespan in the NFL. I mean, one, one bad injury and you got a guy on a eight year contract or whatever it is that he's asking for and it could turn bad very quickly but at the same time i don't know how you let a guy like that yeah i i agree i agree but and about the afc north i'm don't write your bengals off yet oh oh i won't oh i won't i'm too cocky to do that i'm too cocky to do that we got a lot of football ahead of us it's still only (laughs) it's still only week six um last game of week five monday night football raiders chiefs 
I love that the Raiders went for two to try to win the game. And it turned out, I think it was the right call because the Chiefs ended up not scoring again the rest of the game. If the Raiders get that play, I, you know, they, I think they end up winning. You can't play chicken shit football against Patrick Mahomes. You just can't do it. I, I don't understand. Like, no. I get the analytics and whatever. I think the Ravens made the right call. They didn't win, but damn it. You're, you were, what, one in three going into that game? Like, what did you have to right. lose? You have to play to win. And if you kick the extra point, which I don't care who your kicker is, extra points from 33 yards are no nope. guarantee anymore. It's really not, especially outdoors. Um, so I don't hate the decision at all. If you do kick the extra point and make it and tie the game, you're still giving Mahomes the ball with three, four minutes left to play. And we all know how that shapes out. They could have changed their offensive plan completely. I know you said they didn't score, but it's like, if it's a tie ball game and they know that they can hold the ball last, we've seen it yep. how many times where they can just run the clock out, either score a TD or just kick a field goal for the win. So it's like, I don't, I don't hate that decision at all, especially when you're on the road. And like you said, especially when you're at the bottom of the division looking up. Yeah. And the, the other thing too, is even if that, if they kick the extra point and go to overtime, if Patrick, if Mahomes gets the ball back first, like you, you could absolutely never touch the ball again. And I, yeah, I'm not, I would not be willing to leave that up to chance, especially with how the Raiders offense played. Like they played well for the majority of that game. So like sometimes you make the right decision and get the wrong result. I think that's what happened with the Raiders. Um, is Pat is Travis Kelsey, Jesus. Do we, are we sure that he's not because I haven't seen him in the same location together Four touchdowns is just like, and the fact that he did on 27 yards almost pisses me off. You know what I mean? Like the stat line is just, I know. Yeah. It, if you were to like go in and tell a Raiders fan, like, Hey, Travis Kelsey had seven catches for 27 yards. You would be like, we played him so well. That's incredible. But for four touchdowns, like, oh, holy shit. What a game. Yeah. I saw a lot of like parlay losing tickets. It's like, Kelsey over 40 yards, over 50 yards in loss. And you could have done Kelsey to score three plus and your odds would have been like two, 300 times what it was with that alternate receiving yep. line. And it didn't catch. Yeah, betting is a crazy. One of the crazier stat lines I've ever seen in my life. Betting's hard, man. Betting is hard. This shit ain't easy. It is. But we're going to try to make it easy. It's very hard. <laughs> well, it's it's hard to win um, against Vegas. They don't build those giant casinos for no reason. Um, let's talk. Let's get into next week. Thursday night football. The game that we've all been waiting for. We were, you know, we got the electric factory that was Colts Broncos, right? Everybody's, you know, the talk of the internet is how great that that game was. We now get commanders at Bears. Just what should be an offensive showcase um, over under is 37 and a half. I'm sure this is going to be an absolute barn burner. Uh, this game is at a pick 'em. Who do you have in this game? Do you have any inclination as to who is going to win? I would take the commanders just because of how bad the bears started last week. I don't have a whole lot of confidence in anything that they did, even though they kind of fought back a little bit. There were some costly Viking mistakes that essentially let them back in it, and it seemed like Zimmer was back. But from what I saw from the Bears, not too impressed. I still think this is a team who can 
draft inside the top five. I think they are just about that bad. A lot of the money's coming in on the Bears, which I don't understand. Maybe it's because, oh, they're the home team. I'll take them and pick them. But I don't think there's a huge difference between these two squads. I mean, we've got two of the bottom six teams in the NFC. Obviously, neither are even sniffing the playoffs, and I'd be shocked if either backed their way into it. But, I mean, short week, Thursday night football, I I think it can go under very easily. I agree. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm probably going to stay away from betting this game for my sanity, but I will sprinkle on a parlay. Plus 5,700. Washington defense anytime touchdown score. Chicago defense anytime touchdown score. Does that... You can't tell me that doesn't have a chance. It's definitely <laughs> got a chance. It's definitely that, that, got a chance. I mean, you know... You know what Wentz is able to do, and, I mean, Fields is just as likely to turn one over. So, I don't hate that at all. Look, if we're going to watch a shitty game, we might as well have fun doing it. Um, might as well have fun doing it. Um, a couple of the other games that I want to talk about going into next week. Um, Jags at Colts is a game that I find interesting. Colts are one-and-a-half-point favorites at home. This is the first time that we've seen – uh, two teams who have already played this season play each other again, which I'm shocked that it happened this early in week six. But here we are. The Colts lost 28 to nothing the last time these two teams played, and yet they're one-and-a-half-point favorites. Over-under is 42-and-a-half. I personally like the under. Do we – is Colts minus one-and-a-half seems like a play here. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you are. I mean, when we see lines that don't fully make sense, there's usually something to it. And I know the Jags haven't looked good over the last couple of weeks, but um, there's a reason it's one and a half. I like the Colts as well. Um, the Colts actually have hit the under in five straight games. Wow. So I think that uh, five or 40, what's 42 that? 40, and a half. Uh, 42 and a half is extremely live. Um, it just really depends what the Jags show us. I mean, last week was disgusting. I lost 13 to six the versus the Texans at home. Crazy ass stat. The Jags have been in the AFC championship more recently than they have beaten the Houston Texans. That is, <laughs> That's why. Especially when you say recently, because there has not been very many good Texans teams. I mean, two years ago was Watson, but crazy. It, wow. it, it's really, really bad. Like Blake Bortles has retired since then. That's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and from a money standpoint, um, it looks like 56% of the money is on Jacksonville. So not like the public is really loving one side either way here, but um, right. Yeah. I, I'll, I prefer the Colts in this one. Um, Bengals are one and a half point favorites against the Saints. I love the Bengals in a bounce back spot here. I think the Saints got I love that. I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind alternating that spread to like two and a half. Yeah, try to get the half. juice I out mean, a little bit. None of none of the Saints receivers practiced today. And honestly, Cody, how long can Taysom Hill keep this up? Because every time like you look at his stat lines, every time he's on the field, which isn't much. He's played 
less than 30% of snaps each of the last two weeks. You know what he's going to do. You just don't know what way he's going. They rarely let him throw. And, like, he came in, like, two, three times versus the Vikings, had a touchdown, had, like, a 15-yard run. I was like, you know exactly what he's going you know exactly to do, especially when all these guys are out. I mean, say even two of these receivers miss on Sunday. I think the Bengals... Like you said, I think it's going to be a huge bounce. I agree, and the Bengals' defense has been very good. They have yet to allow a touchdown in the second half of any game this season. Um, They've been solid. I don't think that the success that the Saints had against a what seems to be porous Seattle defense is going to happen against Cincinnati. Um, Andy Dalton revenge game, though, so we got to take that into consideration. Right. but yeah, I'm going to take the Bengals uh, minus one and a half on this one. The heavy public favorite, heavy public favorite. So that does scare me a little bit. But um, I, I'll I'll back my I'll back my Bengals here. Um, a spread that I was kind of surprised to see. The Packers are seven point favorites on the Jets. The Jets quietly are three and two. Um, I don't think they've beaten three good teams, uh, considering they beat a. I don't even know right. who the uh, Skylar Thompson led Miami Dolphins team this weekend, um, but granted they whooped them. Yeah. Um, do we trust the Packers to bounce back after their New York Giants game? I'm not. I'm not sure. I do because mm-hmm. I mean, even the week prior, they should have lost to the Patriots. Yeah, and, and Bailey Zappi. Which, like, it's not like they had. It was a healthy a, a Bailey Zappi led Patriots team. So it's not like they're showing much in let alone that was at home. Like, it's not like that was in New England in a spot where you you played bad on the road. What I saw week one, which I know we're far past that, but week one against the Vikings, they didn't show a whole lot at any point throughout the game. So it's like, I don't, I don't love this spread. I'll probably stay away. You also have to look at the travel time from London. I mean, it's used to be very typical when we had a 16 game schedule that you play in London, you get a bye week. And now obviously the coaches are given the option. And as early as these London games were, none of the teams had opted to take a bye week the week after Vikings and saints both won last week. Um, Giants and Packers now come back over. I don't blame these coaches for not taking a bye week. I mean, week six is so early. Yeah. 18, like what you can't take your bye week your one week off in october where everybody's still yeah. fresh you're a third I mean, of the way through the season deal with I your mean, it, that just deal with your jet lag uh pick back up on wednesday and go about it as a like a normal week but i think it's gonna affect one of these two teams i just don't exactly know who i if i had to make a pick cody I would probably go with the Packers just because I'm not all that thrilled with the Jets, but at the same time, it's probably a yeah. Stay and away. The, the public split on this about fifty fifty, so I don't think there's you know really any anything to love there. Let's talk about your Vikings, three and a half point favorites on the road against a Miami Dolphins team that has been a tale of two halves. There's the first half of their season so far, and yeah. then the second half. Um, do we know who's going to be the quarterback for Miami? Is it going to be Teddy? Is it going to be Tua? Is it going to be Skyler Thompson? I heard Skyler Thompson today, but I also heard earlier in the morning that Tua was going through concussion protocol and had a chance. I don't see that happening. So um, 
I hope I see Skylar Thompson, yep. to be completely honest. Both receivers are beat up. Uh, they both practiced full today. But when I heard last week that Tyree Kill had a walking boot on, I was like, there's no way he plays, right? I mean, we we didn't know the severity of the injury. Obviously, if he practiced in full on today, Wednesday the 12th, he is going to be fine. And that's kind of how they're progressing. And then Teron Armstead as well got banged up. So they're playing the Dolphins in a really good week. I think that's in terms of health-wise, which I'll take anything I can get because looking at this game three, four weeks ago, it looked like an automatic loss heading into the bye. But now three, three-and-a-half-point favorites, I think they have a shot. And apparently Delvin Cook's going to have like half the stadium or going to be his uh, family and friends. So that could also play. Hey, I uh, Say what you want about Vikings fans. They do travel very well. Um, the Sea of Purple, the sea of purple moves around pretty good. Um, I like the Vikings minus three and a half here again, and uh, the public likes them too. So that does kind of scare me a little bit. Um, but I would want to jump on this line. Um, this is a play that I'm going to be betting tonight because I could absolutely see this line moving to minus four, um, as we get closer to Sunday. So, um, yeah, I, I will be hopping on it sooner rather than later. Um, let's talk about, uh, Ravens and giants. Ravens are five and a half point favorites. I am kind of surprised by this line, to be honest. Um, I think I like New York plus five and a half. I'm I'm very torn. I think it's an extremely sharp line, which, like we said in the beginning, yep. betting's hard. Uh, another team, like I said, coming back from London, but at the same time, I mean, I am very intrigued to see what Wink Martindale does against his former team and Lamar Jackson, I would assume he's been scheming up a game plan since he signed with the Giants and looked ahead at this game. I mean, obviously when you play your old team, you're going to have a little bit of fire. I think he knows this team obviously better than anybody. And I don't know. I, that's a lot of points for a home team who's looked the way that they have. Yeah. I, and I think being at home could be the difference here. Um, that is, that's a lot of points for them home dogs. Um, speaking of a home dog, I like the Falcons plus five and a half against San Francisco. The Falcons are five and zero against the spread this season. Um, they've been very good at covering. I think this is a team that is good enough to keep every game close, but not great enough to win them. Um, I, I like the Falcons five and a half at home. A lot of points. Is that too many points? Am I stupid? What, what are your thoughts here? I, I mean, like you said, they've stayed in every single game, uh, 5-0 and against the spread, so clearly. And they haven't played that bad of teams. No. I mean, at Tampa last week, they were one flag away from possibly beating the Buccaneers. <laughs> that uh, call. probably should have went to L.A. and won. I mean, that game was getting out of hand, and then they fought back and fought back, and for a second it was like, they're, they're going to beat the Rams. And that's when I started losing – all hope for the Rams and what they were. I mean, went to Seattle and won, which looking back at it Seems now, like pretty, it's not yeah. that bad of a win. Not that bad of a win. So, um, I don't know. I don't know about San Fran yet. Um, obviously, they're tough. Jimmy G's extremely consistent. You know what you're going to get week in and week out. Um, but I, I think they'll be able to stay in this game at home at the very least. Yep. Yep. Love that. Um I'm going to skip Panthers-Rams because, quite frankly, I do not care. I hate that game. That game will make me puke. Um, 
Cardinals, Cardinals, Seahawks, Seahawks money line. Geno time, baby. They wrote me off. I ain't right back. Seahawks plus 122 on the money line. We're taking it. Tyler Lockett, go and take the ball deep. Take the top off the defense. We've seen what they've done. DK Metcalf chase down game. I love the Seahawks. Give me Seattle. Money line. You might as well. If you're you got yep. plus two and a half at home, you might as well take them outright to win. Cardinals, I don't really know what's going on there. I'm ready for DeAndre Hopkins to return to this team finally. Um running back situation for Arizona, not great. So they're probably gonna have to throw more than they want to, or more than they would like at least in Seattle. So yeah, if you're betting this game, you might as well go money line. Nope, no point taking the two yeah, and a half. Yeah, I, I agree. I hate betting the plus two and a half, but it would have gotten the Bengals to cover. So, damn it. Um, yeah. Breaks my heart. What could be the game of the week? And I want to talk about this from a betting perspective, obviously, but just in football as a whole, we get Bills at Chiefs. Um, what a lot of people are saying is going to be an AFC championship game preview. Um, this, you know, the playoff game between these two teams was nothing short of electric last season. What are your thoughts on uh, one? Uh, I mean, pick a winner, I guess. But do you think this could be a potential AFC championship matchup? 100% I do. I mean, obviously the Chiefs division isn't exactly what we thought it would be. There's, I mean, they're slowly running away with it and well not not exactly running away with it but I think they're in better control than I would have thought they would be through five weeks just because how strong I thought it would be top to bottom not exactly the case um this is tough from what I saw Monday night with the Chiefs defense I don't love it I think the Bills are going to expose them in that aspect it just comes down to can the Bills stop Mahomes? And that's what we saw in the playoffs last year. It's back and forth, back and forth. I think it's going to be that way. Uh, Chiefs on a short week. Always have to keep that in mind. So with that being said, I'm going Bills two and a half, and I think you can tease it up a little bit if you if you want. Yeah, to. something that's been underrated about the Bills season so far is their pass defense has been incredible. Quarterbacks are averaging less yeah. than 180 yards a game against them. Obviously, that's not going to be the case against Mahomes, but if they can at least contain him a little bit, um, I think the Bills really have a shot to win this game. Um, in Kansas City, should be an electric game. Um, it's a great, great 4 o'clock matchup. Um but we have some yeah. good Sunday night football too. Cowboys at Eagles. Um, Eagles are six point favorites. Are we? This is a game where if you would have told me two, three weeks ago that the Eagles were six point favorites, I would have laughed at you. Told you it should have been 10, 12, you know, a yeah. much higher spread. With Cooper Rush and how this offense has looked in. Dallas, I think they've looked pretty solid. I would still probably take the Eagles minus six. What the Eagles are four and one or three and two against the spread. Cowboys are four and one against the spread through five games. Do we think they have a shot? I want to talk myself into believing they have a shot because I want to see the Eagles slowly lose some of these games that they shouldn't uh, for the Vikings case. So I'm going to be a little bit selfish in that aspect, but 
No, I, I wouldn't put my money on it. I think the Eagles should win this game pretty easily at home, prime time. That place gets rocking pretty good. I mean, I don't think I could bet Cooper well, Rush at that. I, I mean, the luck's going to run out at some point, and even if it's not Rush, I think the Eagles are just too good right now not to cover that six. I agree, and it seems like we are going against America on this one. 67% of the bets are on the Cowboys. Um, if I can fade the Cowboys, I would love to fade the Cowboys. Um, fuck America's team. I hate them. I hate the Cowboys for no reason. I don't have a reason to. I'm a Bengals fan. I have zero reason to hate the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Um, it just... They're, they're such an easy team to hate. It's like hating Notre Dame. And I'm a Notre Dame fan. But I even I can recognize that it's easy to hate Notre Dame. Um, Monday Night Football. Everywhere you look, people are talking about the Cowboys. And I think it just makes them such an easy target yep, to hate. I agree. I agree. I'm glad we could get, get on the same page here, Dom. Um, Monday Night Football game. Last game on the slate. L.A. is playing at home. Chargers against the Broncos. Hopefully, for the love of God, we are close to being done with Broncos primetime games because Russ is not cooking. It's been awful. I'm shocked that the Chargers are only four and a half point favorites. Um, you seem to have a very great um, understanding of who's practiced this week. Is Keenan Allen looking to play in this game? He played week one, hasn't played since. Oh, let's see. I actually did not see Keenan today, but... I can probably pull it up here. I, I mean, I thought he was going to be back like a week or two ago. So it's like, I don't know how long he can be held out, but I would hope yeah, so. My fantasy team hopes so. I have a lot of shares of Keenan Allen. Um, four and a half for the Chargers seems kind of low. The public agrees. They are all over the, the Chargers. Um, they're getting 70% of the bets. I don't hate the Broncos to cover this spread. Four and a half for... A Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson led team seems like quite a bit, but the Broncos are one and four <laughs> against the spread. So, I I don't I really don't know how I feel about this game. I really don't. Um, there are a lot of games I have a lot of conviction about, and this is not one of them. Yeah, back to the Keenan Allen thing. Limited individual drills today. I don't love that. So. Not promising. No, not at all. I don't love that. Maybe the under is the play here. 45 and a half. Um, the under is one in, or the under is four and one in Broncos games. Um, so maybe that's the move here. Um, just not super confident in the Chargers defense with Joey Bosa being out. So we'll see. Uh, I think this is kind of a trap line because the Broncos have been made a publicly easy target an easy team to hate um i'm showing 87 percent of the money on damn chargers damn so you're showing even more than i am what are you I'm showing 74 percent. so that's uh, which I, i'm just looking at fan duels but um yeah it's that's a lot i let me fade the public on this one i i i agree i when when you see lines that don't make a whole lot of sense. And I did this last year for like six weeks straight. I would pick the most lopsided line, in my opinion, and take the other side. And I think it hit all but once. Like We love that. Just We love a winning bet household. Let's go. 
that's what Vegas does. They'll play mind games and they'll take everybody's money on the Chargers. Do I think from what I've seen thus far that the Char- or the Broncos have any chance of covering? No, but that's when they do. Yep. Yep. And that and that's betting for you. <laughs> and that's that's gambling, baby. Um Dom, I appreciate you coming on, man. Um, all of Dom's stuff is going to be linked in the description of the podcast, in the, the description on YouTube. Make sure to go follow his stuff. He does awesome, awesome, makes awesome, awesome content for points bet, especially his golf stuff. During golf season, Dom, you just absolutely crush it. I am more of a golf spectator than a uh, golf better. So I like to tell your place because you made me a lot of money this year, and I appreciate that. Um, if you guys enjoy this content, please be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. It means a lot. That's the best way to support. And we will see you in the next one. Thank you.